Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry I'm late to transportation. Shut up! You're here! And good thing, because we've got lots of work. Katie Lazarus, the talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, welcome back to Employee of the Month. One of my favorite episodes was with Cindy Chupak, who is probably best known as a Emmy Award-winning producer and writer for Sex and the City and Modern Family and Everybody Loves Raymond. But she's had a exceptional career as a writer where she's written for so many different genres, whether writing for Oprah or doing the Moth storytelling shows. I'm a fan of two of her books, the Between Boyfriends book, which I highly recommend, and The Longest Date life as a wife. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to that interview that we did. But I also was happy to have her on the live show and talk about what it's like to try to step into directing, which apparently is very hard for women. It it isn't actually technically hard for women. It's not, this isn't a question of physical strength, but entertainment is just such a backwards business and is so provincial in ways that the real world isn't. So it's very hard for women to break in um, and get taken seriously. I hope when I use that voice that you don't take me seriously, but you should take her seriously because she's an exceptional, exceptional talent in Hollywood. So I'm looking forward to seeing her directorial debut and I just want to give you a taste of how much I adore Cindy Chupac. So enjoy our episode and you'll see why when you hear. She's our next guest. Theme song everywhere I go. I love that. Isn't that the, the best? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty exciting. You can't pay less than this, so we're with you. <laughs> I've got some meetings tomorrow. You'll set them off. <laughs> and Love Bites was a show that you created. Yes. What? Tell, I, tell us about it. You know, um, when you're a TV writer for a period of time, they start hopefully asking you to create a show and. Um, and you've worked on shows, so you think you can do it. And men just do it. And women, like, oh, do I know enough? Whatever. So I, <laughs> I waited a while, but there was a, I had an idea for a long time for kind of a modern Love American style, which would be three romantic comedy segments that would have sort of a love actually through line. And it was kind of a complicated idea, but I always thought it would be so fun to write these little individual standalone. Wait, love I'm lost. Segments. I'm lost. Did I not make it? Clear? <laughs> so was everyone. So was the public. <laughs> No, but I, I, so I created this pilot that was like three little mini love stories. Okay. And then there was sort of a through line between them of some characters. And then every week it would be this new thing for NBC. And there were eight episodes. I made it through one and then have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> there was a character in it that was the last virgin in Virginia. There was one little <laughs> thing. And then right before the upfront, she told me she was pregnant, but nobody knew and and I was thinking, well, we'll figure that out. But then it wasn't really easy to figure out. Right. So there were just a lot of interesting, complicated things. But I'm still very proud of the series. And you can see it on, on Hulu. somewhere. Yeah, I think it's I'm on aware. Hulu. I've watched it on Hulu. Yeah. Um, I, that's a good segue. You are an incredibly successful person. And um, I feel like you get a lot of pressure as someone who is a 
has made it in their career to uh, answer whether you lean in. Do you lean? I have trouble just standing at all, so I don't even think about whether I'm leaning forward or back. But I was curious how do, how do you, where do you stand on leaning in? Yeah, I often just falling down is good. Yes, um, I've been thinking about this because I was going to write an essay about whether I believed in leaning in or leaning out. Or I had this epiphany when I was watching my daughter, who's four, do the sing the hokey pokey with her class. That like maybe you put your whole hand. Sometimes you just put your whole head in. Sometimes you just put a foot in. And I was like, this is going to be the new thing, the hokey pokey. <laughs> But um, I was trying to write this essay, and I realized I really didn't have a good perspective of when I was... Because to be honest, when I read the book Lean In, I was completely sold and thought, I've been doing this very thing where I go on job interviews and I say, I might be having a baby. I was like the girl who cried baby for like five years. And then it wouldn't fall through, or different things that just took us a long time because I was old. And, um, and I would say that on interviews, like, I might have a baby, so... And then I wouldn't get the job, and then I would say, like, we didn't have the baby, and I just felt like, this isn't helping anyone. And Lean In was really, don't do that. That's the message. You taught me that, The right. message of Lean In, if you read the book, is just don't do what Cindy Shupak is doing. Yeah, but, but, but you taught me not to, to bring up all the things that might prevent me from getting the job. But at the same time, in writing for television, part of selling yourself is talking about things that make you good for that job. And so if you're writing about, um, I don't know if you're a Laotian refugee and you're like, you know, I'm perfect to write about this show about refugees because I'm a Laotian refugee. But I might be kicked out of the country, just yes. so you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I guess, how do you find that balance between opening yourself up and being vulnerable as a writer, and particularly someone who, who writes about herself, and also trying to sell yourself in a room where you do need to sometimes, you know, be honest? I how do you do that without sabotaging yourself? I think you kind of have to put yourself in the position of the showrunner, and even though you're being honest and you feel good about being honest, they are trying to figure out how to make their show work. So in the same way I had the information... You know, my actress who's supposed to be playing a virgin is pregnant and is going to be pregnant while we're filming. And even though I supported her and was happy for her, there was a certain amount of like, ah, what do I do? So just to be aware that, you know, are your stories something that these people can use and will be great for the show and will help create stories or are your stories problems? (laughs) And so where does pregnancy fall in that? Well, it depends. I mean, I think it's a town. It's a town that hasn't quite adjusted to all. So to the twenty first century. Yes. I mean, I just talked to a, a woman who's a showrunner on a on a Netflix show just yesterday, and she's pregnant, and she's carrying around a big like exercise ball with her, and she said, "We're on set, and there's not an office for me, and so I have an egg carton thing in my car, and I sleep there." And I was like, really, is this where we are now? But kind of she was afraid to say she was because she didn't want to lose the job. So I think we still have a long way to go as far as how to accommodate and not make you feel like you can't be honest or you can't have a baby. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) This is, when you talk about the issue in front of humans, they understand. (laughs) They get it. In New York. Oh, is that right? (laughs) Back in L.A., they're like, what is she... Why do, you, she why do you even carry your own baby? Calm you can down. get an intern to do that. <laughs> breast milk from someone. I'll do that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Down. Um, you are, you've directed two shorts and you are foraying into directing your first film. And I wanted to hear um, where you are in that process. Yeah, well, I directed one short. Um, oh, you, I'm you short also directed... one short. Okay. But um, yes, I, I'm trying to direct my first feature 
And um, I feel, thank you, it's exciting, but it's also my imaginary friend of a feature. That's what I've started to call it because it's like it might happen, but it might not. And the people in my life are so tired of hearing, you know, this actress, I'm heartbroken, she dropped out, but we're going to go out to... And um, I now realize that, like, making a movie, as I was doing it, I realized that TV, as crazy as it is, has kind of a beginning, middle, and end, or just a beginning, end. You know, either you're making the show or you're not, but it's done. But film is like this undead thing that you... <laughs> you didn't make it this year, but you might make it next year, and you still have to act just as enthusiastic. And, you know, my whole family, everybody's like... You're, even my agents are like, yeah, call us, we're going to look at other jobs, and call us if you're a movie. So my movie might happen. Like next week, I might be in New York prepping a movie, or I might not. I don't know. That's a, every time I'm about to have you on the show, I'm like, is she making the film? Can I get it in New York? Everybody's bored of my imaginary friend of a movie. We were talking about it at dinner. I'm with uh, my girlfriends from Sex in the City and Liz Tuchillo, who you had on the show last week. So I want to explain that um, Cindy was an executive producer and writer forever on Sex in the City. And, um, a not very well-known show. We don't know where it was shot. <laughs> <laughs> and it spoiled all of us because it was just this amazing, everybody working on all, you know, everybody firing on all cylinders and so fun to write and we we're all still friends and we just had dinner tonight before the show and we were talking about to direct or not to direct and the scariness of doing something you're totally unprepared for but how exhilarating and how great and more women need to do it in order for more women to do it. But... Um, it does feel like, I talked to Rodrigo Garcia, who created In Treatment, and he, he told me, I said, what if some of the actresses want to rehearse and some don't? He goes, it's time for you to start pretending you're the director. <laughs> and I think that's really what you have to do is just, you know, as if, and then it might be, anyway, I don't know if men think yeah. of it this way, but not that many, yeah, you just try to do it. Just try. You make your first film. Particularly in your case where you're auditioning all these major, major actors and um, for the part, it's not as if you're like hypothetically thinking about shooting a film. You're wondering when you're going to actually start yes. filming. So, hopefully. Hopefully you'll see me around New York filming or else I'll be, you know, I don't know what I'll be doing. Baking cookies. Uh, so, oh, speaking of which, so I know that Hillary Clinton also baked cookies as a way to um, feminize herself, but um, I was beyond floored that you actually brought a suitcase full of cookies for everyone here tonight, and I'm hoping that... Joe's pub will let us share them because she really did bake all these cookies. Um, this is so. This is so sad. Really, it's the sad. It I think it's little... the most generous thing in the <laughs> world, actually. No, no. <laughs> but it was a really, really a beautiful thing. Um, can you? I apologize. I'm going to make you do this with my. I have my... to explain though, because Katie said. Do you have a special skill? You know, Liz did modern dance. What did Martha Plimpton do? She read, she read her pharmaceutical company and poetry. I, thought, I said, oh, maybe we could read like something from a pilot I wrote that never went. And then I started re- reading them and I thought, okay, it's one thing to have a network say no to a pilot, but what if I read it at Joe's Pub and people are like, yeah, that shouldn't have gone. And then I thought, okay, the one thing I can do is make cookies really well. So I make really good chocolate chip let, cookies. Let me just show you guys... She went through security (laughs) for you all to enjoy all of these cookies. (laughs) I'm not kidding. There's this book I love, Charlie Hauk, about um, what is it? The actress. Open the bag while you tell the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay, tell the story. Let, let the intern there's get it. There's four bags. Yeah, Jelly D is our intern. Okay, one big bag wow. is... Oh, that's they're shit. so homemade. 
That's the marijuana bag. No, no. Yeah. Okay, wait. One bag is the, the special cookies. One so bag is just regular chocolate chip. One bag is butterscotch chocolate chip. Ah, one bag is my personal favorite orange chocolate chunk. And then this is chunk? just sad burnt cookies because some people like burnt cookies. <laughs> so we're going to... Cater to all. Cater to all. Joe's Pub is going to um, hopefully let us pass these I know, out. Just, they I were worried about won't. food restrictions, but I figured you guys could choose for yourself. Yeah. You can have. Who wants the cookies? It was so sad because my four-year-old was like wanting to me to read her a story last night. You guys, she she got you these cookies instead of reading her four-year-old to bed. Her four-year-old may be illiterate, okay, guys, so that you could enjoy. I have to make cookies. It was such a domestic, you know, sight. Mom making cookies for people at Joe's Pub. Not you. You don't eat that. You can eat a burnt one. That's what I was like. You can have a burnt one. I have to make 150. These aren't even that burnt. These are pretty good. That's, that's nothing. They're very good cookies. I'm going to stand by my cookies. So you recently, I just want to um, talk about Hollywood perks, job perks of being a um, successful writer um, and future director. Uh, you recently got a trip to do research uh, paid for to Paris with your um, husband and daughter. How, how do you score that gig? <laughs> All expense paid? I did a pilot. I've done a few pilots that are almost like what Make-A-Wish Foundation would give a person who's dying, but I'm not dying. I, I'm totally aware that I have received some perks. Like, I did one that was um, Elton John and his manager, and it was kind of about an aging rock star and his manager, and I got to, like, go to concerts with Elton John and ride on his jet and hear his stories, and the show never happened, and I just still feel like I should have died from leukemia or something, because there's it's really not fair to get that experience and then just go on with your life. But, um, but we did film it. And so this is this idea that NBC International had about... Um, a group of people. I love how the cookies are going around. Those are the burnt ones. Don't have a burnt one unless you like burnt cookies. Tip your wait staff for these cookies. Tip your wait staff. For yeah, these yes. we order extra cheeseburgers. Yeah, so that we don't we don't get in trouble for handing out the cookies. Okay. But the Paris was it was to write a show about some people in Paris, and so um, it just came up suddenly. Like, could we've had this idea, and I was like, I will go. But my daughter's spring break. We'll go. I'll research it, and then I'll write this pilot, and then we'll try to sell it to Amazon or Netflix. So I'm not getting I'm not I'm getting paid like this much to write the pilot, but it was like if I can go to Paris with my family and get out of town for a little bit, it was an amazing perk. It was a great perk. Hollywood people problems, HPP, (laughs) hashtag. No, it sounds awful. It sounds, well, all right, so we'll we'll go to another subject. In Hollywood, it's the norm to uh, get fired off things. Um, Have you ever had to fire anyone, or have you ever been fired? Um, Yeah. This is to counteract the, like, she bakes, she goes to Paris for free. Well, the baking is just a sad, you know, like, please like me. (laughs) um, We do, we love you. I did, I was... Cookies, 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 cookies. Everyone will have to bake. It's a new thing. Um, I I was fired. I have been fired and I have fired. I'm better at um, being fired, I think. Um, Firing, I, you know, I've... I've been through the process where you do a pilot and then the network says, like, you have to replace this one actor or this actor or this actor because their whatever didn't test well. And I hate that part of the process. 
because I'd rather just like go down with the people I came in with than have to, it just feels like it's a horrible thing. But I've had to, you know, been forced to do that before. That's hard. I worked on Modern Family for a year and um, it's a place that notoriously women work for a year. It's a tricky thing in Hollywood because when you're on a TV staff, you're just, you're, you know, it's like you're at a dinner party for a year. And even if you're lovely, like you might be enjoying me now, but maybe in a year you'd be like, we really are so tired of her. So I don't know. I think that's, I mean, it's a tricky place also because the one of the two people who run it, one of them, worked on Frasier for a long time, and apparently there could be long periods of silence in the writer's room there where you wouldn't pitch until you had a fully formed good idea. And I don't know if any of you have ever worked in like a creative brainstorming environment, but if you were challenged to not speak up until you had a good, fully formed idea... Saturday Night Live would not exist. (laughs) And so much of what happens in TV is like, this is a bad version, but something like this, and then you come up with something great, and... So it was really tricky to navigate that quiet, thoughtful area. And then there was another just very loud, kind of great, funny group. But despite that, I love um, the episodes I wrote for the show. And I did get an Emmy for it. And, you know, it just happens in Hollywood. You're no, never... Totally, it's par for the course. Yeah. I, I, when someone says they've been fired, usually I think they did something right. I mean, that's yeah. usually what you feel when you hear about that in, there in were, Hollywood. You know, there's kind of a club of women who went before me and who after me who have been let go from this show. And it's interesting. It made me very aware how it must feel as a minority to get hired because they need a minority. Because I'd never been hired just because we need a woman. We don't really, I don't know if we really want a woman. We need a woman. We lost our woman. So I'm the woman. And it felt really strange to like just be there not because I'm of the writing I do, but because, you know, we need to hire a woman. Yeah. It's it's sensitive. I'm, I'm hoping that we get past that in the next 10 years or by the time your daughter is yes. old enough to be applying for jobs. Because next I think we're years. all tired of it. Two years, next year. <laughs> um, Hillary. Exactly. Um, you have a phenomenal skill of being able to write across genres. You've written for the New York Times. You've written for O Magazine. You do the moth storytelling all the time. You've written for television. Um, and you also wrote two excellent books, uh, the Between Boyfriends book and The Longest Date, My Life as a Wife. We talked about them in the podcast, so I'm going to recommend you check out those episodes, but you, I can't tell you how helpful um, both of these books have been, depending on where you are in a relationship, um, or if you just like humor, if you just like to laugh, I, I recommend them. This one was really break up to your next boyfriend, so for single friends. And this one is um, basically getting married a little later in life, and then the how to adjusting your life to being married in a baby quest. And they're memoirs, comic memoirs. And I have to say, because it's like an antidote for me for Hollywood to just write in my first, you know, first person comic pieces. My editor's here, actually, Rick Cott, and he's, oh my God, New York Publishing, so respectful of the word and the page. And it was like, ah, love it. That wasn't, I don't sing well, so I meant it was a good experience. Well, I don't... I don't know. I don't know if your publisher is going to still be happy with us, but um, Cindy generously offered to give out some of the books. So um, you can do that however you want. Okay. What I'm going to suggest is that um, we'll do a first come, first serve at the very end of the the show. Um, Wow. Cookies and bookies. Cookies and bookies. Exactly. I'm going to come to New York to Katie's show. Okay. Good. You'll be (laughs) right. If the film the film is going to go through, it's just a matter of when. Um, But I'm trying to put out a lot of good karma. (laughs) <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Would we welcome Cindy back anytime she wants? I think so. 
Um, all right, Cindy, thank you so, so much for doing, you, doing the for show. And we'll me. see you a little bit later Oops. in the evening. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Ian Mazoff for editing this. Thank you to Josh Rogerson. Thank you to Jelly D for being an incredible intern and allowing us to record these here. Thanks to all of you for listening. Go to employeeofthemonthshow.com to find out about future live tapings as well as ways you can donate and um, also how to check out more episodes. Talk to you soon.